Hi everyone, welcome back to In Bloom Podcast, or welcome if you're new. My name is Abby Aslan, and I'm the host of this podcast. And so nice to be talking to y'all again because it's been like two weeks since I've recorded. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. An episode since the last episode that went up was like kind of pre-recorded for a little bit. So I am happy to be back to talking to you all weekly because it always feels so weird when... I do have to pre-record things, which everything's pre-recorded, obviously, but it always feels weird when I have to do things like more than a week in advance because then I'm like going a little bit longer without talking to you all. But I hope you all have had a great start to 2023 so far. I hope everyone's doing well, and I hope that if you're not doing well, that you will be doing well soon and that you're taking care of yourself. And um, I know that 2023 has been off to a crazy start to me. It like feels like the same old, same old in a way but at the same time it also kind of just there there seems to just be this lingering thing in the air that I can't really wrap my head around and figure out what it is but there's just like this feeling that this year is just going to be so wildly different from last year and any other year of my life but I don't really know why I feel that way but at the same time this year just feels so nearly identical to last year this time just because Once you start in the working world, you're just kind of like on autopilot and everything month to month kind of has this autonomous routine in a way. And it may not be the exact same. Like I'm not going through the same stuff per se. There are a lot of things that are different, but as far as routine goes, everything is very, very similar. Um, So it's just like an interesting feeling, but sort of still on the spirit of um, or in the spirit of new year and reflecting and everything like that. I thought it would be really fun, maybe not fun, but I thought it'd be really insightful to do an episode talking about the lessons I've learned after one year of working in corporate America because on January 7th, I think, yeah, January 7th, I believe was my one year like anniversary of working in corporate America at a big four firm as a tax accountant, if you didn't know, Um, absolutely nothing crazy or fun, but it's what I do um, in my day-to-day life. And there's just so much that I've learned. And some of the things I'm going to share are truly such givens, like, and they're things that you hear when you're going into the workforce and things that you hear no matter what job you have, but you just truly don't really realize the magnitude of them and how important they are to learn and like actually ingrain in your mind until you start working. Because there's a lot of things that people would tell me before I started working that almost just seemed blatantly obvious, kind of just duh statements where you're just like, okay, of course, I get it. But then you start working and you're like, oh my gosh, everybody was really right about this. So that's how this episode's gonna go. And even if you don't work in corporate America, I think all of these are great things to sort of keep in your pocket and in the back of your mind if you're going into the working world, which I guess we're all in the working world in some way, shape or form, but it looks different for everyone. But ultimately, um, all of these are very applicable, whether you work for yourself or whether you're in a blue collar job, white collar job, like whatever it may be, if you're in the service industry, I think it's really applicable across the board. But I think that this 
episode obviously is going to be much more inspired by my time in corporate America because I've been working since I was 15, but in terms of a full-time job year-round, this is my first year. So, well, okay, besides being a content creator, but that's besides the point. You guys get what I'm saying. But before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and get started with a quote goal and gratitude for this week. I know I mentioned, um, I think last week or the week before, thinking about switching things up and maybe doing like a favorite and swapping that off. I'm just going to kind of do that, I think, as I see fit. Like if one week I just like have something that I'm absolutely obsessed with, I'll just choose to share that with you all instead of like a goal or something. But I, this week I'm going back to quote goal and gratitude because I just have like a legitimate goal and a legitimate piece of gratitude and a legitimate quote. So I want to share all of those. And honestly, there hasn't been anything too crazy, new and exciting. Actually, there is. There's a lot of things that I've been loving lately, but that's, we'll save that for another episode for the winter favorites for 2023. How about that? And you'll hear about those later. But anyways, before I get any further though, I did want to say, please, please, please follow In Bloom Podcast on Instagram. It's just at In Bloom Podcast. I definitely try to post like every week and I think I'm pretty good about that. I think there was like a little, there were probably a few weeks where I missed that um, throughout this past year, just like while I was busy working. Um, But I feel like I never really missed more than two weeks. And I really try to post at least once a week on the podcast, just letting you guys know that there's a new episode and what the new episode's about. I promise it's not like a really obnoxious page to follow where I'm posting 24 seven and blowing up your feed or your stories or anything. But I am doing a baby rebrand, like It's not like a rebrand really because I'm really keeping like the same um, name of the podcast. Like that's not changing. Like all my fonts and everything that I use, all of that's the same. I'm just sort of switching up the style of posting to be a lot more raw and real and use like actual photos and try to incorporate the quotes from the episodes more as long as they're not really long quotes because sometimes they are and that kind of thing. So definitely follow In Bloom Podcast and also follow just because – um, there's usually like special things on the podcast that aren't really on any other form of my social media that you can find. So definitely follow the podcast and yeah, that's all I want to say there and follow me on all my social media too, if you want. Um, and my YouTube channel, I upload every Wednesday usually. So I do upload once a week. Sometimes it's not Wednesdays because of brand deals, but usually aim for every Wednesday, but at least once a week, if you all want to hear more content or see more content from me, definitely check that out. But the quote for this week is from Pinterest and it just says, you are doing well. And if you aren't doing well, you are doing your best. And if you aren't doing your best, you are doing. And if you aren't doing, you are being. And in being, you are bold. That's it. And I love this because I think it really just epitomizes the value of literally just being present and existing in the moment and how you don't have to be doing something and you don't have to be doing anything well, and you don't have to be necessarily doing your best because life ebbs and flows, and we're not always going to be doing our best and looking our best and performing our best because different seasons of life are going to require different things from us, and you are enough in just being and existing. Like You don't have to be doing anything special, accomplishing anything, or you know having this grand life in order to be bold like you are bold just in existing and I just really liked it because it's a good reminder because I know with the monotony of my day-to-day job it can truly be so easy to just think that I'm not doing enough or that I'm not enough or that I should be doing more and it's really hard when I'm having to put things on the back burner that I don't really want to be putting on the back burner like my podcast and 
YouTube and stuff and all of those things have to be done after hours in my free time. I just can get really hard on myself and really just in the day-to-day routine of life, like I said, when it's really just kind of there isn't a lot of variety and it's just sort of the same thing day after day, it can be really easy to convince yourself that you're not doing enough and that you're not enough, but you are. And it doesn't have to look a certain way or be a certain way in order for you to be enough. And I just really liked it. And my family group chat, we were like talking about what our word for the year is and everything. And my brother responded to it super late in my natural brother fashion. He is like terrible at responding to texts and everything. Love him, but that's definitely his uh, Achilles heel for sure. He just does not respond to things ever. (laughs) So it's like you could be in desperate need of something from him. And will he answer? Maybe in two business days, like you'll find out, but he's very busy. So I totally understand but it's just funny because like a week later he responded and was like my word is balance for this year and everything and I had like responded and I said I think that's really good for you because he's a workaholic and I think I'm a workaholic as well um my dad is a workaholic and my mom's a workaholic and we're just a workaholic family and it's literally in our blood um and my dad was just talking about how working too hard had you know it he there was a period of time where he was working so hard like when I was really young and the doctor basically told him like if you keep at the same pace like you're gonna have like a serious health problem like a heart attack and it was like a really big wake-up call for him and um you know so we were kind of just talking about that and then my mom was saying like how with her uh grade level because she's a teacher they are like collectively saying like trying to hold all, everyone accountable within their grade level that like nobody is going to stay past like this certain time because as a teacher the work just like never really ends and you can always be doing something and I think that's true for every job but I think especially as a teacher like you could always be creating something to do for your students or planning for something to do um because you know th- there's always something to be done or a paper to be graded and that kind of thing And my mom has always, I just remember like her always, you know, getting to school early and then not getting home until like dinner time and working like a 12 hour day very often. And I was saying, you know, I think one of the hardest things when it comes to pursuing balance and like really focusing on balance is I think right out the gate, we get like really ambitious and we're like, I really want to prioritize balance. And we put in our head that we need to chase after having a perfect balance and it's crazy because we want balance but then we chase after having a perfect balance when in reality a perfect balance just does not exist and you just have to get to a point of accepting that there are going to be times in your life where some things are just not going to get your 100% or even your 80% and it's going to look different in different seasons of life and I think Focusing on balance and prioritizing balance is not about finding a perfect balance. It's more so about just prioritizing because you're not going to achieve a perfect balance and there's always going to be something that isn't getting as much attention. And the second that you become okay with something not getting your 100%, I think that's when you really start to achieve a good balance. And I feel like that is so key to achieving like an actual functional balance that works for you. Is it a perfect balance? No, of course not. It will never be. But there is a level of functional balance that you can achieve in learning to prioritize different things in different seasons of life. And for example, um, I my creative side and my like creative just mind and hobbies, they get 
put on the back burner a lot during busy season for my actual job because my actual job is demanding a lot more of me. But then like in the summer and then in the holiday season, my actual job becomes much less demanding and I really start to just get super inspired and put a lot more into my creative hobbies and I am okay with that because it helps. It's overall for the whole year, it's balanced, but in one period of life, it's going to be a lot less of one thing and a lot more of another. And it's kind of like that across the board, obviously, for everything that you do. Um, and you're just never really going to achieve that perfect balance. And you just have to be okay with that. And it's hard. And I think that that's really something you just have to accept. And it's the only way for you to really find a balance. Because I think what happens is a lot of people get so caught up in get, finding a perfect balance and getting their, giving their 100% to everything and expecting to achieve balance that way, but that's just a sure path to burnout. And that is a way that you're going to end up being completely hands-off. It's going to get to the point where you're like, okay, I just gave 100% to everything and now I'm hands-off and I can't do anything. And that's what you don't want to happen because that's zero balance, you know what I mean? And the word balance in and of itself suggests that one thing's going to you know, have a little bit more and one thing's going to have a bit, little bit less. And you're just kind of dividing your piece of the pie differently in all your different seasons of life. And I don't really know why I just mentioned all of that. I think because I was just thinking about that quote and just being bold by purely existing, it kind of ties in, in my mind, to the idea of, you know, finding balance. Like sometimes, you know, your self-care and taking care of yourself is literally just going to be like, you know, waking up and saying a positive affirmation each day and that's it. And it's not going to be that much. It's just going to be existing and being that helps you achieve that balance because, you know, that's just what works best for you. And um, I think that balance and existing are, they kind of go hand in hand because it's like if you can just accept each day for what it is and really just be in the present moment as much as possible, I think that you achieve a much more natural balance rather than something that's very forced when you're forcing yourself to give a lot to something or not give a lot to something. And I don't know, I just think that, you know, existing in your day day life and just being is bold in and of itself, like that quote said. And I think that that is a really easy way to see where your priorities are at in just showing up each and every day and existing because then you kind of see, okay, well, what do I really care about? Because what am I spending my time on in my day to day when I'm not so being so methodical and so planned out and I'm just existing. So I think that's why I kind of thought of that. And that's just a very roundabout and long explanation of tying that quote to just sort of some thoughts I've been having lately, but let's go ahead and get into, wait, no, I didn't even say my goal and gratitude pause, rewind, let's go back. So my goal this week is to develop some sort of a night routine that just really works for me and really just sets myself up to be more at peace during busy season. I feel like I have a little bit of a night routine going on. Like I've been reading at least just like a chapter before bed every night, even if it's just like maybe not a whole chapter, but even if I'm just reading like 10 pages, I've just been doing that. And, um, I'm, you know, obviously do my usual, like flossing and brushing my teeth. I load the dishwasher and run it and that kind of thing. But I want to like add a few things in there to just make it more peaceful for myself the next day and easy. I want to be better about like setting my clothes out for the next day. Like I know I'm not going in office all the time and I'm working from home, 
but I just love when like my outfit's ready for me in the morning for even for working from home and it's just like a sweat set like I love when it's just like already there and I don't have to think about it in the morning because it just allows me to make have my mornings be more slow and I can be more at peace you know knowing that and I also want to be better about like tidying up before bed because that's something I'm not very good about doing I'll be good about it for like the two first two or three days after we clean I'll be really good about like making sure things are tidied up because you know you're trying to maintain the cleanliness since you just cleaned but then it's like the second things get a little bit out of place you just let everything be out of place and then you just kind of like let things stay that way until you decide to clean again and it's just a never-ending cycle every week it's a never-ending cycle every week that kind of is a um oxymoron statement but it's basically every single week we typically clean we usually do like a full deep clean every two or three weeks and then we like clean as in just like wipe all the counters and clean all the bathrooms and vacuum once a week usually and I just want to be better about you know just not having stuff laying everywhere because all of the visual clutter just makes me so much more stressed out and I love when I wake up in the morning and like the couch is set up like the throw pillows are in the right spot and there's not like a million blankets on the couch and (laughs) shoes are in their places and there isn't stuff all over the kitchen island it's just a lot better that way so that's kind of what I have in mind for curating a night routine that really like works for me and creates more of a peaceful environment for when I wake up the next morning because I think it's it'll just help me take care of myself during busy season by doing that and then my gratitude for this week I am so thankful for my new home office space if y'all have been listening for a long time you've definitely heard me talk about how hard it was like when we lived in an apartment for me to work from home and I loved working from home but it there were just times when it was really hard because on the weekends I'd really want to sit on the couch and relax but I just would constantly feel stressed out because my desk was quite literally like I could reach my arm behind the couch and like touch my desk because it was just so in the living room space like that and there just wasn't any separation and I couldn't shut work away like it was always in my line of sight no matter where I was unless I was in my bedroom and then it was sad because it was like I like my fiance he'd want to like watch a movie or watch a show or something and I just didn't really want to be in the living room because I was like I just feel like I'm at work when I'm in the living room so then I'd want to like seclude myself in the bedroom and then he's like well you know we don't have tv in here so like what what are we gonna do and um it was just difficult and then we moved into our new place in October and my desk which I still have we're gonna eventually get rid of it and sell it but I'm just not in a hurry to do it right now um because Griffin's kind of like studying for a series exam and I want him to have that space if he needs it even though he chooses to study like at the kitchen island I wish he would study at the desk so the kitchen island wouldn't have study stuff on it but I know how it is studying. You need to switch up environments sometimes and you just need to sit where you feel the most productive and comfortable. So I'm not going to be the one to tell him like, you can't study right here because I've been through it. I get it. So I want him to be able to study where he wants to study. But all that being said, um, my desk was originally downstairs and not, not in my living room anymore. It's just sort of like part of the living and kitchen space but in its own little corner but it definitely isn't like right next to the couch and then I came back from um, Christmas break from Florida from going and like staying with my parents for a week and I came back and I was like I just feel like I really need to change things up before I go into this new year to have a clean slate going into work because I was like I just really need to like wipe last year clean and start with a clean slate new attitude new 
everything because last year just drained me with work. So I was like, let's make a change that will make me feel, and even if it's just a little, little glimmer of excitement, I'm like, I need something that's going to make me somewhat slightly optimistic to go back to work because going back to work for the first full week in like three weeks was so hard. So I was super anxious. I was just dreading it because not only am I like starting work, I'm like starting busy season. So it's like this whole other layer of anxiety because it's like, you know, you're Go about to be going through a phase where you know work is your number one priority and you can't really do anything about it type of situation so I was like let me just finally do something with our second bedroom because our second bedroom has just kind of like had my other desk that was sent to me last year I got a standing desk from flexi spot sent to me and I love it um, and then my wood desk that I got in grad school is downstairs. So that other desk was just sitting upstairs but I never really used it because I was just kind of like working downstairs since during since since we moved into the um place we're in now I wasn't like super busy with work so I didn't really mind just like being downstairs for like a normal work day but I was like going in the busy season I feel like I need something where I can like truly just like keep it confined to a room and not be so blended in the air other areas that I'm spending a lot of my time in because if I'm cooking breakfast lunch and dinner like 10 feet away from my desk and I'm looking at my desk while doing those things I'm just running into the exact same problem I had when we were in the apartment so I'm so thankful for the home office space because right before I started work back on the 3rd of January I just completely I I got like a bookshelf um and I put like our books on it and I put a little candle on it a picture frame and like some little decor made it just like cute and cozy have a little lamp because I just don't like overhead lighting especially when I'm working Um, with a computer so I have like this lamp and it's just warm and cozy and I have my desk set up and it's so nice because I have like the walking pad in there that I also got through a brand deal and I can use that if I want I have my standing desk up there so I can use that again which is so nice and I love that you know we we completely the whole issue why I didn't put my desk in that room in the first place which you've already heard this if you like follow me on Instagram or on my YouTube channel was because the room was so dark and it was so dark because we had these shutters on and even when you open the shutters it was still just like really really dark in the room because we don't really get any direct sunlight which I that is the one thing I do not like about this place like there I pretty much don't have complaints about a lot of other things but we don't get any direct sunlight it's we're just not facing that way so it's just pretty dark most of the day and I was like if I'm going to be like sitting at a computer working like I need natural light for my mental health and like my well-being which is why I had it downstairs in the first place so Griffin when one day like I don't remember what I was doing I think I like went to a spin class or something and his parents came over and they helped him like they took all the shutters out and we just kind of like have them stored right now and they washed the outside of the windows because they were filthy and it like made it so much darker we threw away like the screen that was on the window so that that wouldn't make it darker either and um Griffin and his parents hung some curtains and talk about like fulfilling that acts of service love language that was just like that made my heart just like flutter because I was just like oh my gosh like I didn't have to really I didn't really have to lift a finger for any of that all I had to do was buy the curtains and the curtain rod I wanted and he took care of it with me with his parents which is so sweet and now I like have this space that you know I it's still new so I kind of have that little bit of like excitement of like going into my own little office for the day to work I mean not really excited to work but just excited to have my own space and I'm just so thankful for it because it really did give me like 
you know, a little silver lining and going back to work and made me somewhat optimistic for something that I was not feeling any optimism about whatsoever. So I am very, very thankful to have that work from home, like space being completely separate because it actually has been like a big game changer. And I feel like I'm really able to compartmentalize the stress of my job a lot better than I was before. Not to say that I'm not stress at all anymore but it does help a lot when I can just like leave it in that room and know that when I'm in that room it's grind time and when I step out of that room you know don't think about it so it's been really nice so apologies for the extremely long intro today I've just clearly I'm a chatterbox since I haven't talked to you all but let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode and before we begin with all of the specific lessons I just wanted to say I've never really heard anyone talk about this and how this particular feeling progresses, but I just wanted to preface this entire episode by saying just know that if you just started working or if you're about to start working, whether you're in the corporate world or not, there is this like awful gut-wrenching feeling of fear and this constant dwelling over the fact that you have to go to work every day till you retire and it's terrible I remember feeling it when I had my internship in 2018 and it was so boring like having to go into office for three months from nine to five like and not having enough work to be there from nine to five five days a week was so boring because I'm not the type of person that's gonna whip out my phone and get on my phone and just play around because I'm obviously like wanting to put my best foot forward for an internship so that people like think I'm a good worker. So I would just stare at my computer for three hours until someone would get their work to me. And it was so boring and it would make me just think, oh my gosh, this is the rest of my life. I can't believe I'm going to be, you know, confined to an office space and working a desk job for the rest of my life until I retire. And it's just this really negative, yucky, dreadful feeling, right? And I remember feeling it right before I started my full-time job in like December of 2021. And there was like this little, there was like a little bit of excitement because there's, you know, it's like, oh, it's new and it's slightly exciting because it's like, okay, I'm going to be, you know, making adult money. I'll have benefits, like all this good stuff. Awesome. Great. And then you remember like, okay, well, what's next after that? It's like, you know, it's, there isn't anything like you just start your career and you move around and you know your your life really does like revolve around working that's just how it is and how it has been at evernorth health services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi It's possible, because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And going into starting a new job, it's so easy to just get so caught up in those dreadful, really negative feelings of, oh my gosh, this is forever, this is the rest of my life. And I would hear people talk about that, but I would never hear people say if that, what happened to that feeling. Did it persist? Did it did you still feel it a year into your job or did it kind of go away once you got used to the routine of it you know because I just feel like you don't you hear people talk about oh my gosh working for the rest of your life sucks and you hear that from a lot of people in their 20s but like you just never really feel how they or you never really hear how they resolve that feeling or if they do or if it's just always kind of there in the back of your mind and 
I just really remember constantly dwelling on it right before I started and had it in the back of my mind. And sure, there were plenty of people um, who had mentioned the feeling, like I said, and didn't really ever say if it would go away. And I personally wanted to say that I definitely think it does go away to an extent because as you learn more, you start to le- start to like naturally take things one day at a time and everything's about like getting through that day instead of obsessing over a career, an entire career. Because before you're starting your job, you're thinking very long-term and you're thinking about how long am I going to be at this place? Like you're thinking about, you know, is this going to be my job for the rest of my life? Is this the industry I'm going to stay in for the rest of my life? Is this my career until I retire? And you're kind of thinking long-term. And I think that you naturally kind of think that way because like in high school, you're thinking about what college you're going to and college, you're thinking about what job you want to get after college. So then right when you graduate college and before you start a job, you're naturally trying to like reach for that far off thing in your mind to go towards, but you don't really have that. It's just sort of your career. And that is very subjective from person to person, if that's going to be a straight line thing, or if it's going to be bouncing around to a lot of different places. And then when you start your job and you get in the routine of working, it starts to become very day by day. And you aren't really, I mean, yes, you think about your career goals and you sort of start to think about where you want to be you know, in three years, you start to think about, do I want to climb this corporate ladder? Do I not? And you have those thoughts, sure. But at the end of the day, you're not so caught up and focused on, you know, this next big thing you're reaching towards and you're more so just taking things day by day. So I wanted to say to hopefully give those of you hope who either just started working or maybe you've been working and you're still feeling that dread of, oh my gosh, this is the rest of my life. Or maybe you're in college and you know starting working full-time may just give you anxiety. I just wanted to say I do personally think that it does go away to an extent because you're not going to be obsessing over it being a lifetime as much anymore because you're going to just be focusing on getting through the day and looking forward to what you're doing that evening or what you're doing that weekend. And there are definitely days where I get so down in the dumps about you know working 40 plus hours a week for the rest of my life. But it's usually around like my time of the month when I just have like really bad PMS symptoms and I'm just like Debbie Downer through and through with literally everything. And it's usually fleeting. Like so it'll, I'll just feel that way for a few days and then it just kind of goes away. And it's just sort of like this cycle. And so just know that even if you're working a job you hate, like I don't want to say I necessarily hate mine, but I, I very strongly dislike it. It does ebb and flow and it does get better because – A year ago, I was totally caught up in the mindset of, holy hell, how is this the rest of my life? This is really overwhelming. Um, It's a very overwhelming thought and feeling to have. And now that I've been in it for a year, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it sucks, but it's, it's more so of like a culture. It's a bigger than me problem. You know what I mean? Like it is a cultural problem that work is that prioritized that it's, you know, demands majority of our day for majority of our life and, that just sucks. But it's like, hopefully, you know, we're the generation that can like make a change with that. And I think that our generation can. And um, not saying that we need to just like stop working altogether. But I think that the the way our society revolves around work and just hustle culture in general, and the way things are so heavily mod- modeled from, you know, a time so long ago, like the industrial revolution, like literally 
schools are modeled based on like assembly line production and education is modeled that way and the working world is modeled that way and pumping kids out of college to go in the workforce is modeled that way so it's so outdated you know what I mean so I think you just sort of get to a point where you accept that it's a it's it's a lifestyle and cultural problem and it's bigger than you and at the end of the day, it's up to you and your mindset to decide, you know, is this going to be something that I let eat me alive or and make me miserable? Or am I just going to, you know, focus on things one day at a time and see where that takes me? And that's kind of the mindset I've adopted. And I'm not necessarily saying I'm just getting complacent in doing that. Like I'm saying like, I like, yes, there's changes I want to make in my career. And like, I don't really know where my career is going to go. And I I'm literally one year in the working and I have people ask me all the time, what are you wanting to do like with your career and your life? And I'm like, I just started working. Can we slow down? Um, So I just wanted to say it does get better even if you don't enjoy your job. And I think that it is like a bigger problem, but it really does all boil down to your mindset and how you're thinking. And um, even if it's, you know, something that you don't enjoy that much at the end of the day, if you can just tell yourself to take it one day at a time, Time will go by really fast and you will hopefully be able to make decisions that, you know, make yourself happy at the end of the day. But until there is a change that happens in terms of how we work in America, um, I think it makes it all more important to do something that you do have some sort of passion for. Otherwise, you know, you are going to probably not be in the best headspace because you're forcing yourself to do something that you just don't really care for and if you can do that and you like doing that just because you get a good paycheck from it all the more power to you that's great but (laughs) with everything I've just said being true um it is important you know to do something that you at least moderately like or can tolerate um if this is the way the working world's gonna be if we're gonna be you know working until we retire um working really hard until we retire sorry I mean Obviously, we're going to be working until we retire, but, you know, really grinding until we retire. But anyways, I did just want to provide that little, like, blurb because I felt it would be helpful because I just remember feeling so alone in that feeling when I was in my internship in 2018 and right before I started my full-time job. And I have seen a few TikToks, like I said, of people being like, they've been like, I've been working for three years and I still think to myself, Like, this is it. Like, we literally just do this almost every day for the majority of our day until we retire. And then we're too old to, like, be able to do any of the things we want to do. And um, it's a a depressing thought, but I just wanted to provide a different perspective on it. So hopefully that is helpful to any of you who have been feeling the same way or think you're going to end up feeling the same way when you start working. So now let's get into the lessons I've learned after one year of working in the corporate world. So the very first thing is to not take mistakes personally. It's so hard not to do this, especially when you start out at a job. I just want to say it's not the end of the world um, if you do make a mistake because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we're all going to make mistakes. It's more so about, you know, how are you going to learn from your mistake and set yourself up in a position to not make the same mistake again. That's the reaction to the mistake and the change you make after the mistake is where it's really important. The mistake itself is not something you need to take personally. I have definitely made my fair share of mistakes in my job and um, a lot of times it's things that I just like don't know how to do or I just like wasn't really taught. 
But there's one particular thing that I made a mistake on and I took it so personally. It was just really horrible for me because it basically the way it all happened is I had gone to therapy in the morning and it was just like a really rough therapy session for me. Like one where I was just like crying and I just was having just like a lot of, you know, realizations and everything and just really just didn't I mean it was a really good therapy session because I was feeling all of those things and that's that was a good thing because I was actually feeling them but and it was also terrible because I had to go to work right after that so I was just not in a good headspace and now I like have this rule where it's like if I go to therapy in the morning before work when I get home I have to force myself to meditate for like five minutes and just like close my eyes and breathe so that I can like completely like just go into work with a much more clear head because it's definitely hard when you have a more intense therapy session and then you just have to like hop right into working. So basically I wasn't in a good headspace at all. Not that this is like an excuse or anything, but I'm just explaining basically what happened. And I was doing something that I had done before. I hadn't done this exact thing before, but I had done something similar before and basically I did the wrong thing and at the end of the day in my job it's like if you make a mistake it's really just costing people that have money money so it's really not that big of a deal and this is exactly why I could not be a nurse or responsible for you know just people's actual lives because if I let a mistake like this as an accountant eat me alive and just ruin my you know, day and just ruin my whole weekend and just make me be really harsh on myself. And at the end of the day, it it's something that, you know, literally no one's going to remember in like a year or if they do, that sucks. But <laughs> I hope they don't remember after a year because it's really like not that big of a deal at the end of the day. Um, that's why I could never be a nurse or anything because it's like I would not be able to deal with the pressure um, that people do for being responsible for other people's lives. So shout out to nurses and anyone else that is responsible for someone's life. Um, but really just don't take any mistakes personally because, it, like I said, it really is all about how you respond to those mistakes and what you do to go forward. And, you know, for me it was – so hard because I made that mistake and when I realized I made it I was full-on panicking like hyperventilating like just like oh my gosh this is terrible all this stuff it was fine like literally it was fine no one got mad at me it was just literally a mistake but I literally had nightmares for like two or three days that I I made the mistake again in my dream and then I got fired basically And it wasn't even that big of a mistake, obviously, because I wasn't fired. But in my head, I'm like making it out to be that serious. And um, I was so down in the dumps the entire weekend after that happened because it was on like a Friday. And I was just so hard on myself. I was like crying every time I thought about it. It was just so dramatic and ridiculous that I let it make me feel that way because it just made me feel like crap about myself. And I just remember it really just affecting how I felt about all of my work and then how I felt with working with this specific person. And it wasn't that that person, it wasn't because of that person I made the mistake. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that because that person knew I made that mistake, I f- felt like I'm kind of like walking on eggshells and like trying to make everything super perfect. Now when I work for them or do anything for them, and I'm already that way with my work, I'm already very perfectionist. I'm like trying to do everything as perfect as I possibly can 
I generally self-review like very detailed to hopefully make the people above me's job easier and everything. And um, it just made me get to a point where I just felt like anytime I was working with that person after that happened, I was so scared of making another mistake. And that in and of itself sort of affects your work because when you're not focused on the work because you're so focused on not making a mistake you're not really focused on the right thing anymore and you're more prone to make another mistake so I had to get to the point where I was like look it happened it's over it's done we've moved on and you just need to not act like it never happened but you know what to do now and you know how to like not have this happen again and at the end of the day like just move forward you can't let it affect you forever and it was so bad because right after it happened I had to do the same thing for other engagements I was on and I was so scared to do it on the other engagements because I was just convinced I was going to mess it up every time I did it and I remember I asked like another person on another team I was like look like can you just give me like an actual explanation of like how this works because I messed it up the first time I did it and I really don't want to make that same mistake again and it took me being vulnerable and saying that to get someone to help me out um and like I said it wasn't necessarily something I hadn't done before so I would have asked for instruction but it was something I like thought I knew how to do it was one of those situations so long story short just don't take mistakes personally and you know just really focus more so on how you're going to recover and respond to them rather than making the mistake itself and don't carry it with you and things will be fine and don't take it personally and that the same person that I made that mistake under they have given me good reviews and they have told me thank you for the work that I've done so I'm like at the end of the day it's okay and I just had to move on from it and the next thing is very obvious it's to take notes take more notes take notes on your notes, just literally take notes. So when I first started work, I knew that like taking notes was like definitely a thing. Um, I was take handwriting my notes, which was just like so stupid, but I was handwriting everything and it was just such a mess. And I only did that for like two weeks, but because it was so busy when I first started work, like it was just so chaotic because I would like have things in my notebook and in like trying to go back and find things, it would like take me 15 minutes and I wouldn't be able to like write quick enough for what I needed to do and everything. So it was always like super hard to find what I needed, especially when I was like brand new and I was trying to like remember processes for things and like how to work certain softwares and everything. And I remember like there being several times when I'd be doing something, the same thing I had already done once for another engagement and I would just be like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have taken notes on this. And, or I, I was taking notes, but I wish I would have like taken more detailed notes because I was like, great, now I have to do this again. And I remember I was supposed to do this, but I can't really remember how I'm supposed to and all this stuff. So I can't recommend taking notes enough. Like I personally use OneNote and I basically just have, I had a notebook within OneNote and that one notebook is all the products that I was on for 2022. And then I just rolled over like started a new one for 2023 so that way like I have it split up based on the year and within each notebook each tab of the notebook or each page or whatever is a different engagement and then within each page I have sub pages for um notes I take while I'm doing something so like when I'm preparing a work paper for example I will go to the engagement that that work paper is under and then I'll um, you know, as I'm preparing the work paper, I'll 
make a sub page of what I'm doing. So if it's preparing blank work paper, I'll make a sub sub page that says blank work paper underneath that client or engagement. And then I will take notes as I'm preparing it for things that I aren't sure about, like that I just like don't really know if it's right, things that I have questions on um, and that kind of thing. And sometimes I'm like just jotting down where I left off if I'm like having to move around between things. Um, if someone gives me a review comment, I'll um, jot that review comment down unless it's like something I already knew and I just like forgot to do um, so that I know, you know, okay, this is something that I need to do going forward. And that way I can like go back and reference it this year after like doing everything this past year and I'll be able to see like, okay, this is what I did last year and everything. And for like how to's for like printing certain things, um, not like actually printing, but like running reports and like stuff like that, that I need to on certain softwares and like working certain softwares and like just the processes that we do for preparing a tax return, like literally like the step-by-steps, I just take notes on everything. And a lot of times like your senior, like if you're working in like a corporate situation, like your senior will send you like instructions on how to do something or you'll have a call with them. And that's when I'll like, I'll make a sub page of like how to blank or whatever. And I'll, you know, number it out, list it out so that you have that as a reference guide to like go back to. And it's so, so helpful. And the people above you will be so thankful for you when you have all of those notes. And it's also really helpful if you don't really need, like some of the seniors and managers I have, they aren't necessarily the people who will like tell you what to do or give you instruction. They just want you to like try it. And then when you come to them with questions, they're not really going to give you a direct answer. They're going to like make you work for the answer basically. And some people are like that. And some people are like, I just want to get this done. Like, here's how to do it. And for the people who make you like really work for it, it's good to have notes because you can be like, this is what I have in my notes. Can you tell me if, or let me know, help me realize if there's a gap in my understanding somewhere or if something isn't right. And it shows that you're like really putting in the effort to learn what you're doing and like learn the process and you know have the correct steps for it so it definitely is appreciated and it's also really helpful when you start um, helping out other people like I have a staff under me on one of my engagements and it's only on one of them and I've saved so many notes that my senior sent me like last year so I'm able to just really like copy and paste and like tweak a few things here and there for her and I'm not having to take the time to like draft up a whole email of instruction and I'm able to just like pretty much copy and paste it over and tweak it and it's really helpful so I can't recommend taking notes enough and I know you hear it going in and like it was one of those things that I heard going in and I was like oh like my notepad will be fine like that's all I need no definitely do it on a computer because you can control f and like search your notes which is so helpful especially for projects that you're on like only periodically like when I'm on a provision it's only once a quarter so you're not on it as much and like It's crazy how like you can do something once a quarter and then like when it the next quarter comes up and you're starting it, it's like you blacked out while you're working on it last time because you're like, wait, how did I do all of this last time? And then you kind of get the groove of it. But it's important to have notes for things like that that you only do periodically. And um, it's also really helpful because you can just like screenshot things like I do that all the time. Like if I ask someone a question on Teams about something and it's relating to a specific thing I'm doing, just screenshot what I asked them and the answer and put it in whatever that task I'm doing in is on my sub page or whatever in my OneNote and it's really helpful. And I just really think it can make a big difference in how efficient you work and like how confident you feel in your work and just overall the kind of worker you are. And it's really, really helpful. Um, 
and I know that it's just like totally saved me and like there's been chance there's been times when like managers have said Abby knows how to do this to other staff and seniors with like newer things that have come up and thank god I like had taken notes on those things because I was able to be like oh yeah like here are my notes from it like take it and run with it and it definitely looks really good when like someone's able to say like she knows how to do this and she like can send you how to do it or whatever and that doesn't really happen often but every now and then you'll have like a new thing come up that nobody really knows how to do and you just have to figure it out and then once you figure it out like have all your notes together so that you can just send it to people and not have to waste like a ton of your time trying to show people how to do it so the next thing is to um ask for timelines if they're not given sometimes people will send you stuff and they'll be like hey i need this asap or can you just let me know when you're almost done with it? Or can you get it to me in a week? You know, they'll say that. But honestly, most of the time, people don't really give me timelines. And I don't always necessarily ask for them because a lot of times during busy season, it's just the expectation is as soon as possible. So um, that's just how it is. But there are other times, like I remember when I was working like January to May, it was like I would just do everything immediately basically unless I had like a backlog of work. It was just basically I would get to it as soon as I can and then I would try to finish it as soon as possible. And then I remember the summer rolled around and someone gave me just something to work on and they said like, oh, there's no rush on it, which when they said that, I was like, oh, that's probably like a week or like longer if there's no rush but then like a few days passed and I hadn't I had started it but I hadn't finished it so it was like during our period of training so I wasn't like really doing a ton of work I was just like doing more training stuff and then they had like asked for the status of it and I was like oh I mean I can definitely finish it today but I remember like panicking for a second because I was like oh wait like they meant like within a week oh I didn't realize that (laughs) when they said don't rush that's not what I thought so it's just a lot better to like ask right out the gate um and maybe not like immediately but like as you're working on it if once you gauge how long it's going to take you you can just ask like okay when would you like this done by um or you know whatever and it just will help you a lot with your management of all your different projects and just like with your stress in general if you actually have timelines for everything and I also always like to ask how high priority is this? So I feel like I ask that question a lot more than I ask about timelines. Um, So basically when I have like multiple things to do and like a lot of different things on my plate, I will ask like all my seniors, I'll be like, how high priority is this? Because I have these other things going on and like right now this one thing's like really high priority and I'm working on getting it done. So just let me know. And typically people will work with you and they'll be like, okay, like it's important and it needs done soon. But like you know, you can finish whatever else you're working on first. Or they'll say like, this needs to be priority. Like it literally has to be done today or something like that. So the next thing is to kind of going along with that is to give updates on projects um, as you can, especially if it's something that's going to take more than a few hours. So basically over communicate, honestly, Um, it's better to over communicate than under communicate. Um, Sometimes it can feel annoying to be like, hey, like I'm, I've started working on this and I'll, you know, aim to have it to you by this time. And don't overpromise and underdeliver. It's better to like underpromise and overdeliver. So basically don't say I'll have it to you by the end of the day today and then send it to them the next afternoon. Say I can get this to you by tomorrow evening and get it to them the next afternoon or the next morning. You see what I'm saying? Like kind of drag it out a little bit because you never know what can happen and what can come up for one and two it'll just you know it psychologically it's like okay if I'm they may be like oh that's like not when I wanted it by but if you can you know always set yourself up to outperform what you initially promised 
it looks good, obviously. And it's a lot better to do that because sometimes it's really easy to like just get eager and be like, oh yeah, I'll get this to you by the end of the day. And then you realize it's taking you literally forever. And then you force yourself to stay up literally until 11.59 working on it, especially if you're in like big four. And then you're like, okay, finally sending it off. And it's like, I could have just said tomorrow morning and like finished this in the morning. Like, why did I do that to myself? Because you're like trying to keep to your promise or whatever. So I think it's really good to just give updates as you go so that people aren't like left hanging in in the dark and like wondering when they're going to get it. And the next thing is to not obsess over other people's perception of you or at least not obsess over the way you think people are perceiving you. Because sometimes it's like you're obsessing over people's actual perception of you. Like you're obsessing over the way, over what people think of you. But then other times you think that people are thinking a certain way. But it's like completely made up. Like they've, you don't really know how they're thinking. Like you're just kind of like creating this whole scenario in your head that they think that you suck and like all this stuff and you're obsessing over it and it a lot of times isn't reality like and you're just creating it in your head and it's really easy to just like get so caught up in that and it's funny because some people that you work with you'll find are you know more chatty they'll talk about their personal life a little bit more they'll like be funny with you they'll share jokes they'll like ask you questions about like some of your life and everything um and then other people are like gonna stick strictly to corporate like small talk like how's your weekend oh good how was yours mine was good as well that's good um okay so this project and you know just move on when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply and then some people aren't going to say lickety split about anything and they're just going to be like, here's the work. And you're just going to be like, all right, didn't know we were robots. But I totally see why people don't like corporate small talk because it just feels so fake and it's a waste of time. But I feel like there's like this gray area where you can like go past corporate small talk but not quite be like so revealing of your personal life and if you can find that like sweet spot with coworkers, it's such a good spot to be in where you're past the corporate small talk so it's not that annoying I'm answering the same question every day and every single call and nobody actually cares we're just saying this to fill the silence type of thing you're past that but you're not quite like oh my gosh like I you know, had the craziest weekend, like all this happened to my family and blah, blah, blah. Like if you can find the in-between between those two things, it's such a good spot to be in. And then like sometimes a friendship will develop out of that, like outside of work. Like I have like two or three people that I've like kind of become friends with outside of work because it's, we found that sweet spot where it's like we're past the corporate small talk, but not quite personal. But then we've spent time together either in the office or at like happy hours um, or something to where it's kind of, we've naturally just gotten closer um further than a co-worker level and it's sort of just progressed that way but then other times you know people just stay in that like little sweet spot and it's so nice and what I was going to say is I tend to obsess over other people's perception of me when we're just in the corporate small talk phase because I'm like do they hate me do they think I'm a crappy person like a bad worker like I'm like thinking all of these things and at the end of the day if they have not communicated 
anything to you in any of that regard and they haven't said anything, which chances are they probably haven't, don't worry about it. Like don't give it the time of day to dwell on and think about because, you know, if they haven't sat there and said, you know, like, I think that your work product could be better. You just seem a little lazy. Like, has anyone said that to you? Then if not, then let those thoughts, you know, get out of your head and stop obsessing over the way you think people are perceiving you. And a lot of times, like, you know, maybe someone's like really busy and they're just like a lot shorter on teams. I'll be like, especially if they're like normally like really animated and like, you know, having fun and like having conversation over teams and all of a sudden they're like super like serious. I'm like, OMG, what did I do? But it's like, at the end of the day, they're probably just busy and they're just trying to, you know, answer the questions they need to answer and move on. Like it's okay. And something I always do is I just match the person's energy which maybe this is a bad thing because I definitely do this like in my real life too, which I've talked about before. Like with friendships, you know, I'm definitely like a mirror type of person. I naturally just sort of mirror the people around me. Like the way I am around one friend may be different than the way I am around another friend and not so much in like who I am. I'm the same person. But in terms of like what we talk about and like the things we do when we spend time together is going to depend on the other person and not so much on me because I'm just going to mirror what that person likes so that they can enjoy their time with me. So that's kind of what I do. But then I also do that in the corporate setting because, you know, if someone's like cracking jokes on teams and, you know, just being funny or like, you know, talking about other things, asking me about how a trip went while I was out of office. I'm going to do the same for them. But then if there's somebody who's literally just like, hey, can you get this done? Like, I'm going to keep it at that. I mean, unless they like, unless something happens, like if they were to say it's their birthday or if they said they were going out of office, I'll be extra nice and I'll be like, hope you have a great time like on your trip or whatever. But for the most part, I just try to mirror the people I'm talking to so that, and that I feel like helps keep those obsessive thoughts over what people think of me sort of at bay because I'm like, able to just mirror them because if I was like sort of the same across the board to everyone I feel like I would obsess over what people were thinking but when I'm just mirroring people it's like okay I'm just giving them what they're giving me and at the end of the day that's that and I don't have to sit here and obsess over what they're they may be thinking or not thinking of me I don't know if that makes any sense but that's just how I how I do it and next is the use is to use the five minute rule and I say the five minute rule but this really isn't like a true hard five minute rule But I like to do this um, with asking questions. So for example, at least five minutes before asking a question, like try and figure out whatever you're working on for yourself. So sometimes this is not, I think I always at least have five minutes, but there are times when I'll spend like an hour trying to figure something out on my own. But in busy season, we don't necessarily have an hour to waste on trying to figure something out. And it's like, we just need to do you know, I'm going to try to figure it out for five or 10 minutes. And then if I can't figure it out, you know, I've got to ask because why waste this time if somebody does know the answer type of thing, you know? But then when it's like not really busy season and you're just trying to like learn things for yourself, I tend to give myself a lot more time to figure something out. And I like to do the five minute rule because then I'm not like constantly like pinging, like can't figure this out. Oh my gosh, like whatever. I try to just give myself that five minutes to put in the effort myself before I ask someone because the amount of times where like, I've spent, you know, like three to five minutes looking at something and then I spend that extra sixth or seventh minute looking and then I find it in that sixth or seventh minute and I I like say to myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't ask how to do this because I literally was right there and I just had to like put in an ounce more of effort and then I figured it out type of thing. So I like to say the five minute rule because I just feel like it's a good amount of time, but 
you know your job and you know how pressing things are. So maybe it's a 30 minute rule for you. I think that that's a little bit more accurate, I'd say across the board, but five minute rule of things are like very high stress, like quick turnaround situations. And I just think it's good to try and, you know, figure those things out yourself before, um, you ask questions and, you know, overwhelm somebody with questions because it's really hard to like manage people underneath you and like train them and teach them and answer all their questions and also be the person, you know, communicating with client and everything. And I, I get that. So I want to be as um, self-sufficient as possible. And I also like to sort of, instead of like pinging a question every time I have it, I like to, you know, over the span of an hour compile, or maybe not even an hour, maybe just over the span of me working on something, I'll compile all the questions I have and then I'll ask the person if they'd rather me email the questions, ping the questions, or if they'd rather have a call because everybody has different preferences um, with how they teach people and with how they answer people's questions. Like one of my seniors, she always gives me like very thorough instructions with screenshots and I freaking love her for it because I rarely have to ask questions because she is so thorough in her instruction and I'm very visual so I appreciate those instructions a lot. But then other seniors I have, they like to get on a video call and, you know, share their screen and like walk me through how to do everything. So with that being said, I kind of just like do the same thing back. And typically the way that they deliver is the way they also like to receive. So it's like if they like to do, um, you know, share their screen and go over something with you, chances are when you have questions, they're going to want you to share your screen and go over what you don't get and the questions you have. And then my senior that does all the emails with the screenshots, she likes the pings with the questions or sending an email with all my questions in one so she can, you know, respond to the email and address each thing separately. And everybody's different. So I, and I think that taking the time to ask, you know, how do you prefer me, you know, asking these questions? Would you rather me email them, ping them, or, you know, do you want to hop on a call really quick? It will be something that I think is would be so appreciated because I I truly feel like my seniors appreciate it and because it'd probably be annoying for me to be like oh no I don't want to get on a call and show you I'm just going to email them to you and they'd probably be like what like that's not how I work so it's hard because you're kind of like accommodating to everyone else's style and needs as like an entry-level person but I find that it helps me get a better thorough understanding of things because I'm solving problems and asking questions through a lot of different avenues rather than just always doing it through email or always doing it through sharing my screen type of thing. So I think that um, it's something that, you know, is very helpful and goes a long way and is really nice to do. So um, I think that that is just one really big piece of advice that I have is to going along with the five minute rule or however much time is to ask the people you're completing work for how they would prefer you to ask your questions and like what, how, how you want to resolve them together. And the next thing is to not talk about other coworkers with coworkers. That's like, I'm not going to sit here and elaborate on it because it's just like obvious. I mean, you don't want to do that because ultimately you don't know who you can trust and not trust. Even if you feel like you can trust somebody, you truly never know who else they know and who they're friends with or who they work with. And for me, I'm like, I will state facts. Like I'll, I will literally like recount a story and say something that like happened with work like be like oh yeah like I was on this project and with this person and this person and like all this crazy stuff happens and it was really stressful blah 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 like I'll like you know do things like that but I am not gonna sit here and like 
you know, talk crap about people I work with with other people I work with because it's just not a good look. And if it gets back to the other people that you're talking about, like it's just going to end up, you know, coming back and biting you in the butt. And it's really hard because there are going to be people that really frustrate you. But I find that, you know, venting to someone who's removed from work, whether that's your therapist or your significant other, or even if you just like make up a name for the person and, you know, type it on your phone and your notes and just get it all out or write it on a piece of paper, you'll just feel a lot better if you can just like hash it out to a completely removed party rather than like with somebody you work with. So that's my tip there. And the next thing is to try to maintain a good attitude around your team. And I say this because when things are just crazy, the last thing I think a lot of people need and want is somebody who just has like a piss poor attitude and is just like not being a team player and is just sort of like bringing the whole vibe down because the vibe's already down. Like we all know this, like the vibe is not good. And the last thing we need is someone to remind us that the vibe is not good. You know what I mean? Like try to make light of situations and you know, like it's fine to not have a good attitude all the time. I'm not saying you have to have a good attitude all the time because I will say with my coworkers that I started with during busy season when we would like go to lunch together in the office and go pick up our food, we would all just basically be like negative Nancy's together in a, bu- in a bubble and like just being so negative. And we just needed to do that though. Like we just needed the vent and just be like, it's been so rough lately. And like that was fine because like we felt less alone in doing that. But as far as like, the higher ups and like the people on your actual team, like the, I'm talking about people that I started with and I wasn't necessarily working directly with them. Like we were all cool being negative with each other, but I think when you're with your team, it's just a lot better to just try your best to maintain a positive attitude as much as you can. And even if it's not positive and it's just like a neutral attitude, just try your best to, because I think that it will be appreciated by everyone. And that may be a controversial statement. You may think that you should be able to have a terrible attitude if you want to, which I totally think you can, but at the end of the day, it's probably just going to make things a little bit more hostile and just like hard to work with when you're already working on complicated stuff. And the next thing is to be a human to yourself and to others. And I say this because this kind of goes along with being human and, um, or not being human, this goes along with not beating yourself up over making a mistake and like not taking mistakes personally. But I think it's so important to be a human to yourself when you're working a job because it's so easy to just think that you're a robot, especially when you're just like cranking out work day after day. It's so easy to just get caught up in, you know, I'm just, you know, producing X, Y, and Z and, you know, I need to be getting out this perfect output in this perfect amount of time and everything. And it can be really easy to just not be a human to yourself. So not, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, just really like not take care of yourself after work, before work, or not take a lunch break, whatever that may look like. It's really easy to just stop being a human to yourself, especially when things are really stressful. And I also want to emphasize being a human to others because there are people I work with who are very human and they're understanding and it seriously means the world to me and I appreciate working with them so much. And they, those are those the people I work with that are human to me and human to themselves are the people that I enjoy working with the most and the people that I feel like I work the best with. And there are people who are very robotic in their nature and they're just like not understanding if you have a family member in the hospital. They're not understanding if you have an emergency come up with your pet and they, or a big life event happens and you inform them and they just 
don't even acknowledge it. Like when I got engaged, it was over Labor Day weekend and the irony of having to work on Labor Day is just like funny, but I had to work on Labor Day and um, I got engaged on that Saturday, but I wasn't in my apartment with my work stuff the entire weekend until that Monday when I started working and I had a senior send me something on like that Saturday or Sunday. I think it was like that Saturday night or that Sunday morning or something to work on and I got it done on that Monday and sent it and I was like, my apologies, like I I wasn't anticipating being out this weekend. Like I didn't, you know, I just got engaged and I had family and friends fly in and we just, everybody's finally like out of town. So I finally like was able to complete this. Let me know if you have any questions, blah, blah, blah. And just didn't even acknowledge it. And then on the other hand, I had something that was just as time sensitive as that other thing I was completing and I finished it that Monday. And the person that I sent it to with the other team was like, oh my gosh, congrats. Like, you know, don't worry about sending it over today. Like you can get it to me tomorrow. And like, just be a human to others because it just like goes a long way. And it's just like shows that, you know, life is more than work. And it's just so crazy to me that like, I know everyone like has different values and prioritizes things differently. So I'm not knocking the person that didn't acknowledge it because, you know, maybe they just literally don't care and that's fine. They're entitled to that. I'm just saying, I think that people will appreciate if you're human to them, especially when big things happen or emergencies come up. If you're understanding at the end of the day, it is work and it can wait. And, you know, maybe it can't wait a week, but it can wait a few freaking hours while you figure out your emergency. And I have so much more I could say about this, but I'm just like not going to because it could be a whole episode in and of itself. And I would never do that episode because it's just like, honestly, work trauma, I'm just like not really willing to share because it still like riles me up. And there are just, I just think being a human to other people is, it costs nothing. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, what am I trying to say? It costs literally nothing to be kind, to be understanding and to be a human. And the thing is, is something like that's going to come up for everyone at some point during their career where there is an emergency and they will understand, you know, how meaningful it is for someone to let you tend to your emergency and step away from work for a second when they go through that same thing. But sometimes people just don't understand it until they go through it themselves. So it costs nothing to be kind and it costs nothing to be a human and at least try to be understanding. And the next thing, set boundaries from day one and get comfortable with saying no. I made this mistake. I went into work and I was like, I am malleable. Like mold me how you need me and put me where you need me and throw me in what you need me in. And I just went into it with that attitude because that's just how I am. And then in the summer, I got like super insanely burnt out and it got to the point where like anytime someone asked me to do something, I was having like a mental breakdown, even though it wasn't near as time sensitive and it wasn't near as complex work as what I was doing during busy season. Like someone would literally be asking me to do something so simple and I would just be like, I can't do this. Like I'm having a breakdown. Like this is too much because I was so burnt out. But I was so burnt out because I didn't set boundaries and I didn't get comfortable with saying no because the way my job works is, you know, people who make your schedules, especially when you first start work, they are pinging you, especially during busy season, hey, do you have an extra five hours this week to pick up this? And me, I could not say no to those people. I would already have like 50 hours, 55 hours on my schedule. And they'd be like, can you pick up this this week? And I would be like, sure. But then you know what happens? It's never a one-off thing. It's never just like, 
helping out that one time. What ends up happening is you help out with that one thing and then you end up getting added to that project and it ends up becoming something that you do forever and it ends up becoming more than just that one thing. Or another thing that tends to happen, maybe you aren't put on it for forever, but you help out with it and they're like, oh yeah, it's it's ready and you know, like we'll get this, you'll have the hours this week. Two months go by and you still haven't gotten the work for it. That literally happened to me this past year. I was told like, you're going to have 16 hours added to your schedule and when it comes in, it needs to be done immediately, basically. I waited like six weeks and then it all came in. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was like, this, this is crazy. And I can seriously say, besides maybe two things, everything I've said yes to helping out on one time is now a, like a thing on my schedule. Maybe not permanent because I can like roll off of it if I really wanted to. But every little thing that I have said, sure, I'll help out with that, it's on my schedule again for this year. And I'm like, seriously? Like I thought that I was just helping out with this one time. And like maybe that's me having a bad attitude, but you think it's you helping out one time and then it turns into a forever thing. And the issue is, is if you say yes to everything, then you end up having a full schedule year round and like that's really not how it needs to be or a a more than full schedule almost year round and that's really not how it needs to be so you have to get comfortable saying no and I have a senior that like is always advocating for me and she's like how can I help you like balance your schedule like with what because it's like a engagement that's a lot like heavier hour wise and I do a lot of work on and she really wanted me to like do more with the engagement this year now that I'm like more experienced and she was like you know, what, what do you think we could like try to get off of your schedule so that you can help out more? And she's like really like actively advocating for me to, you know, be able to do more for her without just adding the hours on. Like she's advocating for me in the sense that she's trying to like help me get other things off. And I really appreciate that. And, um, it's just so important to set those boundaries from day one, like that you're not going to, you know, let yourself get to the point of extreme burnout, that you're going to allow yourself to say no and be comfortable saying no and not feeling like you have to justify it every which way. Um, I it, it took me probably eight months to get comfortable and not even get comfortable. It took me eight months to even be able to say no, I will, I'll say. Because um, I've said yes to basically almost everything that's come up. And sometimes it's a compromise. I'm like, look, I can't commit to everything you're asking of me because I'm involved in recruiting as well and that's very demanding during busy season on top of work so it's like I can't do everything you're wanting from me but I can help out in the summer with it if you want me to but I definitely can't add it to my plate during busy season type of thing so you just really have to allow yourself to say no and like remember that you don't have to you know justify yourself or like have a reason to justify it like I work with people who are like, I just basically say no, like anytime someone asks me, like unless it's something I'm like truly interested in because it's like, it's my career to shape. Like why would I sit here and say yes to all these things that aren't even like in alignment with where I'm wanting to take my career at this place? And I'm like, good point. Why am I sitting here saying yes to like so much random crap that like I have no desire to be working on? And like sometimes you do have to do that and you just have to accept it and suck it up. But like You definitely don't need to be saying yes to everything, you know? And you need to set boundaries in the sense, too, of just, like, I can step away during busy season at dinner to go work out and eat dinner and then come back and not feel bad about it. Because I felt so bad about it, doing it, starting out, and now I'm, like, I put on my team status, away for dinner and a workout, be back later. And I'm, like, if you need me ASAP, cool, ping me, and I'll try to get to it as soon as possible. But, like, this is my me time, and I'm working more than eight hours a day, and – 
in the nighttime, how I'm working and when I take a break is up to me. Sorry. Um, and that kind of thing. Cause I used to just like be so uncomfortable with like stepping away at lunchtime or, um, stepping away for an appointment or something. But it's like, when they're those one-off things, like it's okay. Like you're going to be fine. And the next thing is to take advantage of your PTO and your company's benefits and actually look into them. Um, I just want to say take advantage of your PTO because like one, why not? Like we, you have the rest of your life to work. So like take advantage of it. I have unlimited PTO, which I don't think is a good thing. Um, And I mean, honestly, I took the same amount of time off this past year that I would have taken like had we had a regular PTO situation and actually accrued vacation days. Um, So it really doesn't like, I mean, there probably are people who get more than average time off, but honestly, it never really does play out that way because it really just turns into people like being scared to take off because they don't really know like when too much is too much. And I think one way to help with that is just to give plenty of notice for your PTO so you don't really feel bad about doing it. Like obviously, if you're letting people know like really late, like it's definitely an inconvenience. So I always try to give like a month notice when I know I'm going to be out if I can. Sometimes you don't know you're going to be out for a day until like two weeks before, but I always at absolute minimum do two weeks before if it's going to be a day. And if it's going to be longer than a day, I always do a month minimum. And that's plenty of time for people to plan for something and figure it out. So, and I also say take advantage of your company's benefits because seriously, like the amount of people that I tell at my job about gym pass, which is y'all know about it, how I, you know, access basically like tons of fitness studios for like way cheaper than what you would typically pay for them. And I'm like unlimited access to all of them. So many people don't know about it or they know about it and they're like, oh yeah, I just don't really know how it works. I'm like, well, let's sit down and have a coffee and let me tell you about it because it's the best thing. And like I got 25 free therapy sessions and there's so much that we're able to expense and get reimbursed on like in regards to like our wellness and health. And there's just so many times I feel like where people just like show up and work their jobs and like don't put in that little extra ounce of effort to feel or to feel out, search for whatever their benefits and you know, if you're going to be like basically selling your soul to this company and working there for majority of your day for a long time, you better be taking advantage of the benefits they're offering you. Cause a lot of times there aren't that many benefits and, or the benefits just aren't that great, but take advantage of the ones you do have, look into them and really try and see what you can do to just like maximize your time spent with that company and make your life better outside of work. And the next thing is to not be afraid of asking questions. Um, I, some, one thing that I have, I always get like scared to ask questions and not scared to ask them, but I'm just kind of like scared that the answer's obvious. I'm more scared of that. It's not the act of asking the question itself. It's more so of like, oh, is this an obvious, is there an obvious answer to this question? But something I like to do is to like type or write out my question and just like sit on it, kind of going back to the five minute rule and just visualize it like that. Because sometimes you like are asking yourself something in your head, but then the second you type it out to someone, you're able to like walk yourself through the process of finding the answer easier once you visualize it. And it'll answer the question for yourself a lot of times. And that's usually what happens for me is like, I'll like start to ping someone and I'll have the question ready to go. And then like I'll step away five or 10 minutes and like look at the question and try and figure it out. And a lot of times I do figure it out. So, but don't be afraid to ask questions. It's so much better to ask a question and be overprepared than it is to just like assume something and make a huge mistake because you were scared of asking a question. At the end of the day, please, please, please like just take that advice over, not over everything else, but like seriously, it's better to just ask even if it's an obvious answer and then take note of that question for the next time it comes up 
so you don't have to ask the question again because I don't think there's any issue with asking a ton of questions at all. I think it's when you ask the same question like more than once. That's when it like starts getting annoying and inconvenient. So don't be afraid to ask questions because at the end of the day, it's going to be what helps you provide better work and do better work and prevent mistakes. So, and next we have, don't feel bad about not attending work events outside of working hours. I went to like happy hours and dinners and all this stuff and like baseball games and everything, which great things. Like I got to go sit in a suite at an Astros game and it was like such a cool experience, but it ate up like my entire evening during a week that I also was going out of town for my company to do recruiting. And I was also working late for my job. And I was like, am I really giving like the few hours of my day I have back to this company when I'm already like working overtime? Like seriously, what am I doing? But I think Sometimes it's really easy to feel bad about like not going to a happy hour, not going to a dinner or a social or something. Um, But ultimately, at the end of the day, I would really do your best to limit anything you do outside of working hours with your working people because it's like you're not on the clock anymore and like not that you're working hourly more than likely anyways, but like don't worry about it. I don't think anyone should take it personally because it's your time outside of the standard workday and you can decide what to do with it. And I think it's so much better when like happy hours and socials and like meals are scheduled during the workday. And for the most part, I feel like they are. So this isn't something I usually struggle with, but there have been one-off instances where I'm like, I feel bad about not going to this thing, but I shouldn't. And like there was, I remember when it was like the last day for our interns during the summer and I was in office. It was a Friday. Going on in office on a Friday already is just like blah. And I went in office on this Friday and I had done so, so much over the last few weeks for recruiting and just for the interns. And I was just busy. And um, I remember there was an Astros game that everyone was going to that Friday night. And I was like, you know what? This is like the first week where like I have I can like actually just go home and like spend time with my significant other in so long. Cause it was like kind of at the end of like our like little busy time during the summer that we have. It's like a short stint of being busy. And I was like, I just need to like go home and have a Friday night to myself. And I felt bad cause I was like in office that day. And like my intern that like was assigned to me was going to this Astros game. But I like told one of my other friends I worked with, I was like, Hey, can she like go with you and your like buddy? Because I just, I can't, I've been, I've given too much of myself to work like outside of working hours this week with traveling for recruiting events and um, working late and stuff. And I just, I genuinely just need to spend my Friday night like alone at home. Sorry. And I was like, it's too much. Cause I think the same week I had already gone to an Astros game and I was like, I don't need to go to two work Astros games in the evening (laughs) during a week. That's just like too much. So don't be, um, or don't feel bad about that because at the end of the day, it's outside of working hours. So you shouldn't feel bad about it. And next is if you don't enjoy what you're working on or who you're working with, speak up because otherwise you're just going to be stuck in a cycle of working on something or with someone that you aren't able to work with well or that you don't enjoy working on. And I felt so bad because I, like the counselor that was assigned to me, um, basically like when you work at a big four, you're assigned a counselor and that counselor is within like a specific like subsection of tax if you're in tax. And you typically get assigned to a lot of that subsection of tax type of work that your counselor also works on. And in order to work on more things in another group of tax, you kind of have to change counselors. And I loved my counselor and she's like the best and she was so great and she was so helpful when I started out and she like helped me get involved with recruiting and everything. 
And I was like, I need to change counselors because I hate this group of work. Like, I just don't like the type of work it is. It was basically like a lot of like the individual tax returns. I just really don't like doing them. And I like partnerships a lot more. So I was just like, look, um, I was like, I, I, I remember having the call with her. I was like, I feel so bad, but like, I think I want to initiate a counselor change. I was like, and I was like, it has nothing to do with you. I promise you're so great. But like, I just don't enjoy this type of work. And I feel like in order for me to like take, you know, my career where I want to take it and everything, I was like, I just feel like I need to switch into another group and get a counselor in a different group with the work that I feel better at and that I just enjoy doing more. And she was like, oh my gosh, I went through the same exact thing when I started out and it made me feel so good because I was like, woo, I'm not alone and it's normal to just speak up and be like, okay, I can't do this. So um, definitely speak up if you aren't enjoying what you're working on or who you're working with because nobody's going to know and you can't expect anyone to advocate for you um, if you're not going to advocate for yourself. So it's your career, it's in your hands and it's up to you to like communicate those things because you can't expect people to just like read your mind and know those things. And you're just going to have to keep enduring whatever it is that you don't like if you don't say anything. So it's better to just say something. And last but not least, you must make time for yourself, whether it's in the morning or evening or both. I like to get up a little bit early and just like have a slower morning. I like to have like an hour to an hour and a half in the morning to myself. And like I say to myself, but really it's like doing all the things I need to do to start my day. Like doing my skincare, brushing my teeth, taking my dog on a walk, making my breakfast and eating my breakfast and making my coffee. And then I like to have like a 15, 20 minute buffer for me to like do whatever else and just take the morning slow. Um, and it just seriously puts me on so much better of a mindset and so much better of a mood going into my work day. And the same thing for the evening. Like it's so much better to like end off your night with having like an actual routine and like being able to unwind and like do something for yourself, whether that's going to a workout class or cooking a meal or going to dinner with a friend or going on a walk, spending time with your dog, watching your favorite Netflix show, whatever it is, just create that time for yourself because if you don't, you're just going to end up really burning out and just like not feeling like your cup's full enough to complete your job and to do the things that you need to do at work because you're just not going to be pouring enough back into yourself at the end of the day. And that is everything I have to share with you guys. This was such a long episode. I'm sorry, I think. I don't really know if I'm sorry because maybe you like the long episodes, but I learned a lot this year and I really just wanted to give as many tips as I could because I just I just don't see this type of content, to be honest, very much. Like I occasionally see like work advice on TikTok, but it's never that elaborate because you obviously have a three minute time limit. So hopefully it was really helpful for you all. And I hope that you all enjoyed it. And if you are starting a job soon, good luck to you. Or if you're just starting out in the working world, good luck to you, no matter what job you're doing, whether it's in corporate or not. But thank you all so much for listening and be sure to follow Embloom Podcast on Instagram and join the Embloom Podcast Facebook group. And I will talk to you all next week.